healer is in the house, your doctor, your lawyer, whoever you need today, a mother, a father, a sister, a brother, he is in this house today. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know about you, but I came expecting something today. I came expecting something today. And I, and I, don't, know, I don't know what you need today, but if you, if you will just let God minister to you for the next few moments, you will be changed today. I'm telling you, I want you today, before I even start to preach, I want you to set some high expectations for yourself today. What do you mean, Pastor? What I mean is, I don't want you to come in here like it's any other Sunday out of routine. If you came here today with a need... If you came here today that you need something in your body, you need healing, you need just a, an encouraging word, you need a financial miracle, you need a relationship miracle, you need a job miracle, whatever it is, I want you to have the faith in your soul today that when you leave here, it will be done. I want you to put your mind in a state of anticipation. I fully believe that God is going to do a work in our midst today. Come on, I said God's going to do a work today. I want you to exercise some faith today. I said I want you to exercise some faith today. If you've just been coming out of routine, then you're not going to find what you need. Exercising faith means that we have to use it. Exercising means that we have to do something. If we don't exercise, we get lazy. We need to exercise our faith today. Exercise your faith and stretch out of your comfort zone, out of your current expectations. If you just expected to come to church, hear a word, go get some lunch, and then do the rest of your day, whatever you're doing, put that out of your mind and set an expectation for yourself that you are going to receive what you came here looking for. We are exercising faith today. I said we're exercising faith today. I want to take you today to somewhat of a familiar story uh, here in just a few moments. And there's truth to be learned and gleaned from what we're going to preach about today. And there's important points and facts that need to be mentioned from this passage of Scripture. And, and this example and template that we can learn from will apply to your own life if you'll let it. And so today, I don't want you just to sit there and, and just say, this word ain't for me. This is for so-and-so. This word is for you. It's for everybody. And so I want you just to, to bear with me for a moment before I get into what I'm going to preach. And as many of you know, we have been needing a new gym roof for quite some time. And uh, as far as I know, that is the original roof that's on the gym that was, that was there when the gym was built. And so we've needed a new roof. And in the fall, um, God provided that opportunity for us to have a new roof uh, when he sent hurricane, you know, strong winds to this field. And it blew this way. And it blew part of the roof off. And, uh, and I sent out a text the very next morning to several men in the church. I said, I don't know who wants to do it. But we need somebody to get up on the roof and put some shingles back in place. And, uh, and, and Brother Nick got up there and he, he nailed some shingles back down, took some pictures and said, hey, we, we need a new roof. 
And so we, we got together and uh, we, we got with some different people to get up there and give it an inspection. And they said, yes, we need a new roof. And so we thought, well, let's turn it into our insurance and let's see what, what they will do. And God, we're going to put it in your hands. And that was in September of last year. And, uh, and we hit October. And then we hit November. And then we hit December and snow was coming because, you know, we live in Michigan. And there's one thing that you can always expect in December, and that's snow. I mean, for the most part, we are in Michigan. So December comes around, and finally, the insurance man calls, and he says, hey, we've got your claim, and I'm coming to do an inspection. Well, the man pulled in the parking lot, and guess what? There was snow on the roof, and he couldn't do the inspection, and he drove from Grand Rapids. So he turned around, he went home, and he said, call me when the snow melts. So I figured it would be probably right about now that we would be calling him back. But thankfully, we live in Michigan. And the snow melted about two days later. So I called him. I said, the snow's gone. Can you come today? And he came down. He got up on the roof. He said, oh, you definitely need a new roof. But there's only a few patches that were blown away from the storm. And, and you know, the carnal, natural, I don't know, nature of myself, of, you know, human nature wanted to say, can you come back tomorrow because we can make sure that there's, you know, those shingles we put back aren't there. And uh, he said, look, I'm going to do what I can to help you out and, uh, and I'll get back to you. And again, this was in kind of towards end of December. We went January. We then went February. Not heard anything back from the insurance man. And, and, I, and I started to, to wonder, okay, God, what's going to happen? And we got our bill for the insurance, or, or not from the insurance, but from a, a quote from a roofing company. They said it's going to be $40,000 to do the whole roof. That's, that's material, that's labor. And I thought, oh my goodness, God, we need a miracle. We need a miracle. And so we begin to pray. My wife and I begin to pray, God, send a miracle. And the very, the very next day, I received a call from the insurance man. And he said, hey, I want you to know we're going to cover what we can for the roof. I said, that's awesome. So he sent us a check. It wasn't quite $40,000. So I came to you and I said, hey, we need to put a new roof on the gym. We need to raise about $15,000. And many of you started giving. And if you haven't given and you want to give, you can still give. But we had a man contact us that is a professional roofer. And he said, hey, I heard you need a roofing job done at your church. I said, I do. He said, hey, let me just ask you this. He said, uh, he goes, would you be okay to, if I come from Detroit and I bring a team with me? He goes, I have a whole roofing company. If I bring a team with me, would you be okay putting us up in a hotel for a few days? We, we only need about four or five days. I said, man, that, yes, yeah, I just, I, I need you to work with me. He goes, we're, we're going to work with you. And, uh, and, and I think we're live streaming today. And, and if you're a pastor watching this live stream right now, I'm not going to tell you who the person is because I don't want everybody to call him and, and get jobs because he's, you know, we want him. So uh, he said, I've got a price for you. He said, we'll do it for $5,000. So after my wife picked me up off the floor and we shouted around our kitchen for a few minutes, I said, all right, we got to get material in place. So I went up to Midway Engineering and I said, hey, fellas, remember me? Lighthouse Church. Oh, yeah, we've done all the roofing out there. You got anything left for us? I said, we do. I said, I got one more project. We got to do our gym roof. All right, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Since you're a church, we're going to give you the tax exempt. 
so we're not going to charge you any tax. And you've been such a great customer, we're going to work with you. We're going to work with you on a price. So I said, man, that's awesome. What, what can we do? He said, well, how about all your material for $12,000? I said, okay. So I went to my wife and I said, hey, remember that insurance check that came in? Remember what he said? It, it all kind of just works out how God does things. And so not only do we have enough to cover our roof, to cover the labor, the material, we have enough to do a couple of extra projects around the building. That's what faith can do. That's what faith can do. And listen, just because I didn't just shout that right, right there doesn't mean you don't have to golf clap me, okay? You can shout with me. And so we've needed this new roof. And so when I was at Midway and I was writing that check out and I was giving it to the, to the man there, Devin. Shout out to Devin at Midway Engineering. It's my man out there now, my buddy. And uh, they're not a sponsor yet of Lighthouse Church. We're hoping one day maybe. But this past Friday, the material was delivered. Sitting right out here, out in the front. That's what all the cones were there for. We didn't want any of y'all driving on our new roof. And, uh, and so that was out there, and so I was purchasing the material, and I was talking about delivery with Devin, and, and I was talking to him, and he said, man, he said, I just hear great things about Lighthouse. I said, that's awesome. I said, you, do you know anybody there? He goes, I know, yeah, I, I think so. I started telling him some of who you were. Oh, I know them, I know them, yeah, I've worked with them, and we've done material for them. And, and so kind of throughout the last few weeks of, of us getting this, he and I have kind of developed a little bit of just a relationship, of, of working relationship. And, uh, and so as I was walking out the door, he said, hey, man, good luck with everything. I said, thanks, Devin. I said, hopefully I won't be seeing you soon, unless it's at church. And he said, well, maybe. He said, uh, he goes, can I just give you one word of advice? I said, absolutely. He goes, tear the roof off. And I walked out and I thought, that's what we're doing. And I walked back in, I said, what do you mean by that? He goes, I'm just saying, when you preach, go tear the roof off. So I've come to preach to you today, it's time to tear the roof off. It's time to tear the roof off. The Gospel of Mark tells us that when Jesus returned to Capernaum, news spread quickly that he was home. And the house where he was staying was packed with visitors that there was no more room. Even outside the door while he was preaching the word of God to them. While he was preaching, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because the crowd, they had then dug a hole in the roof above his head. They lowered the man on the mat and right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. But then, you know, those that were of tradition in the church, those who knew how the church should be ran, those elders of the church that said, we didn't do it like this in my day, they said, what are you saying? It says the teachers of the religious law were sitting there and they said, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. But 
Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. And he said, why do you question this in your heart? It is easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. Or stand up and pick up your mat and walk. He said, so I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. And Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and he said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, walked out through the stoned and stunned, not stoned, they, the stunned onlookers. I'm sure some of them wanted to stone Jesus after that, but they were stunned. They were amazed and they praised God exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. Before I get into what I'm going to preach, can I tell you that God can do a work in your life that you've never seen done before? God can do a work in someone else's life that you've never seen done before. Just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean that God can't do it. So Jesus is in the house and it's time to tear off the roof. So let's break it down today. Jesus was in the house. He entered into Capernaum. And this was the hometown of Simon Peter. And so it's more than likely that this was the house that Jesus went to. He went to the home of Peter. And see, Jesus goes to the house of the believers. He goes to the house of the believers. If Jesus has not been to your house lately, you need to start believing. You need to get your house ready because God wants to come into your place. But he's only going to come if you'll let him. And so Peter was a believer. He was one of Jesus' disciples. He followed him everywhere. So when they came to Peter's house, Jesus went inside. And if you want Jesus to come to your house, you've got to be a believer. You've got to follow Jesus. Jesus doesn't just go to anybody's house. I'm sure that there were nicer homes in the city of Capernaum. I'm sure that there was probably richer men than Peter. But Jesus didn't go to their houses. He went to the house of the follower. And it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how good looking you may be or how, how nice of a car you drive or what position you hold. The only thing that matters is do you know Jesus and do you have Jesus? The most important thing is do we have Jesus in the house? We may not be the greatest. We are not the best known. We don't have all the programs that other churches may have. But you know what? We got Jesus in the house. I'm, I'm hoping your faith is building today because Jesus is in the house. So Jesus comes into the house and people begin to hear. One version of the Bible says that it was noised. It was announced to Capernaum. Jesus is here. Hey, read all about it. Jesus is in town. He's at Simon Peter's house. People heard that he was in the house. And so many came that the house could not hold all of them. Wouldn't that be amazing if, if everybody heard about Jesus being in the house and we were so full that we couldn't hold everybody? We'd have to go back to a parking lot service. Boy, that would be fun. We've got to let people know that Jesus is in the house. We are a lighthouse, but the Bible doesn't say let the lighthouse stand there so everybody will come to church. 
That's, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says, go ye into all the world. We have to go and share the news that Jesus is in the house. So many came to the house because they couldn't keep it silent. They couldn't, they, they couldn't keep still. They had to testify. They had to witness. And let me tell you what happens when Jesus and people find out that Jesus is in the house. There will be so many people that there's not enough room to contain it. There will be so many people that you can't even find your way to your normal seat that you sit in every Sunday that you've sat in for 20, 30, 40 years. So people were there. And let's talk about the situation. There were so many people that nobody could get close to Jesus. I'm sure that Peter's house was not as big as this sanctuary. He didn't have a platform with a podium to stand at or an altar space for people to come down to the front. It says that people were piled in so tight that no one could get to Jesus. And so what I imagine that being is maybe just a small kind of room area that, that, that he was maybe in a corner or up against a wall and the people were so packed in that he was sitting here or he was standing and people were sitting all around him. But there's four guys that they were buddies, you know, lifelong friends, and they had a, they had a friend that was, that was a paralytic. And the Bible doesn't tell us whether he was born this way or he became this way, but, but we know that this man could not walk on his own. But the four men knew that if they could get this man to Jesus, something would happen. He would be healed. And so they need to get to Jesus. And let me tell you, when you are desperate, you will do anything to get to Jesus. I did not know when I came to Dwajek that I would be the pastor, not just of Lighthouse Church, but I would be the pastor of about 4,000 other people. Because it seems that when everybody needs money, when everybody needs food, when everybody needs help, when everybody needs healing, they don't necessarily come to the church, but they call the church. And I'm sure if we didn't have a phone, they would come to the church. Maybe that's what we should do, baby. Shut our phones off. Shut our Facebooks down. Shut everything off so that they'll come. But when people are desperate, where do they turn to? They turn to the church because they know Jesus is in the house. People get desperate, you find Jesus. I remember over 20 years ago when two planes crashed into two towers in New York. Our churches were full that whole week. I remember my parents picking me up from school and we, we got to the church as quick as we could and we opened up every door to the church. Not just unlocked it, we opened the doors to the church. Literally opened the doors to the church. And a man in the church had spray painted on a, on a piece of, of plywood, two pieces of plywood that he hinged together, spray painted, church open for prayer. Three o'clock in the afternoon. And by 5 o'clock, that church was full of people. Not just normal people who came to church every day. These were people we had never seen before. They filled the seats of that church praying and seeking something because they were scared. They were desperate for an answer of what was happening. When desperation comes, you go looking for Jesus. And so these men, they said, we can't get to Jesus any other ordinary way. We've, we try, excuse me, pardon me, can you, I, I've got a man here that I need to get to Jesus. Do you know how long he's going to be preaching? Because we really need to get in there to him. And how long are these people going to be here? How long are you in town for? Does anybody know? Check with the Hampton Inn. Did he book, or, or you know, in our case, the Baymont, hopefully not, but, but did he book a room here for several nights or one night? Where's he staying? Do we know? They said, hey, it doesn't matter. We've got to get 
our friend to Jesus. So there was obstacles in their way. There was people in their way. There was people that they couldn't even, they couldn't see over, they couldn't get under or around them. They said, hey, let's go to the roof. Let's get, you know, I know Peter. And if Peter knew that we were out here trying, he'd be okay with this, okay? Let's get to the roof. So they got up to the roof. And I've often thought about this. It was probably easy for the four of them to climb a ladder or a tree or something to get up there. But it took some work to get this man up there. It doesn't tell us how heavy this guy was. Doesn't tell us how tall he was. If he was able to use his arms or if he was, it just says he was paralyzed. Somehow they overcame an obstacle to get this guy on the roof too. Now if you've ever had to climb up on your roof and you are not a what we call fit person, you know that is not an easy task. We don't know about these guys, what kind of shape they were in. Did they have a ladder? Did they have a boom lift? Did they climb a tree? We don't know. They had an obstacle. They didn't care. They got on the roof. And they get there because the crowd wouldn't part for them to come through. So they made their own way. And they got to the top of the roof and they began to tear the roof off. And it, and it had to be part of their minds. I'm sure, this is crazy. I can't believe we're doing this. Can you believe we're doing this? Did you even bring a hammer for this? What are we doing? They had to overcome obstacles. But they said it doesn't matter how many obstacles there are. We've got to get to Jesus. We've got a friend that's in need. And we've got to get him to Jesus. This is going to be expensive. Oh man, Peter's going to be mad, I hope. No, Peter will be fine. I'm sure there was some arguing maybe going on. But they took the roof off. In life, in the business world, in your life, however you want to look at it, the roof is used as a metaphor. The roof is the limit. In the business world, you when you advance, they say you can advance as high as you can go until you hit the ceiling. We call it the glass ceiling. Who's ready to break the glass ceiling in business today? And there's times that we don't get to break that glass ceiling because of, of one thing or another, a boss that doesn't like us so much, like somebody else, or, or maybe, maybe we, we did something years ago that they haven't forgot about, or, or maybe there's something that maybe we didn't think we had the ability, or somebody said you didn't have the ability. No matter how hard you work or how qualified you may feel, there's times that you feel like you have reached your limit at the ceiling. And you can't break through it. In the aeronautic world, the ceiling is the maximum altitude that an airplane can travel. It's the ceiling. It's the roof. After the altitude that, that, that the plane has reached its limit, there cannot be enough air to get through engines to circulate and they will stall. That's the ceiling. That's the roof. It's a limit. And it says you can't go beyond this point. So what do we do? What do we do? We have to tear off the roof. There's got to be crazy thinking that was involved with these four men. There had to be some kind of crazy thinking. They said this is crazy. One guy probably said this is going to be expensive. The other one probably said this is going to be a hard job. Man, it's hot out today. This is going to be long. This is going to be tedious. This isn't going to work, probably said the fourth man. But somebody had enough faith and they said, no, we still got to do what we got to do. 
You see, there is a roof in your life today. Every one of us have a roof in our life. But faith says to step out into the impossible. Faith says it's time to climb a mountain. Faith says that I can do this. Faith says no matter how hard it may be, I'm going to tear off the roof. Crazy is stepping out of a perfectly good boat in the middle of a storm. But faith says I can walk on water when I'm with Jesus. Crazy is bringing five loads and two fishes to feed 5,000 people. But faith says Jesus will provide. The Apostle Paul said it this way, I have become a fool for Christ. Which means I become crazy for God. You think that you saw him? I love when David got out dancing one day and his wife said, David, how dare you dance out there like that? The Bible says that David was so crazy about God that when he began to dance and worship, he danced out of his kingly attire. And his wife said, you are a king. How dare you get out there and dance out of your kingly attire? And he said, baby, if you think that was something, wait till you see what I'm about to do. Because you can't hold the joy that I've got inside of me. You don't know like I know what he's done for me. You don't know what he's brought me from. You don't know what he's healed me from. You don't know what he's blessed me with. You don't understand where I used to be. Oh, but I got faith that God can do something in my life. So I'm going to dance. I'm going to shout. I'm going to sing. Because I want the roof out of my life. Faith is in the realm of crazy. But it's just a roof that you've got to tear off in your life. It's time to tear off the roof of your life by stepping into what God has called you to do. Faith says that no cost is too great. In the natural sense, the destruction of the roof must have been costly for Peter. I don't know if these guys ever paid him back. I'm going to tell you something. You come to my house and tear off my roof without me asking you to do it, and there's no good reason, you better believe you're paying me back. Either with your cooking or your money. I don't care. You're paying me back. And I'm sure one said, we're going to have to pay Peter back for this. Where are you going to find more straw? Where are you going to find more clay? Where are you going to find, how are we going to do this? We've got to pay him back. But there is no cost too great to receive what God has called for you to do. There is no cost too great to see your loved ones saved and baptized in Jesus' name. There is no cost too great for you to receive the Holy Ghost. There is no cost too great for you to be filled with His Spirit and receive healing in your body. There is no cost too great to receive what we need from Jesus by faith. In our lives, we face costly decisions. We face costly decisions. In our economic recession, we are faced with many challenges. God, I can't pay my electric bill this month. I hope you know that my tithes are going to have to wait, God. Because I, 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 got, I got to keep the lights on. It's, it's getting hot. I got to turn the air on. I got to keep my air on in my house. You don't understand. I can't be sweating like a Coke bottle at a barbecue. I got to have air conditioning. I got to pay my bills. I can't pay my tithes this week. 
God, I don't have enough for my mortgage. I, I, I can't afford to go help, help and, and, and feed the hungry and, and give to a roof project or give, give to a food bank to help somebody. i got to pay a mortgage. I can't provide for my family. This money is getting too tight. It's getting too close. But I want to tell you, it's time to tear off the roof. It's time to tear off the roof. When you tear off the roof in your finances, God's faithfulness will come to pass. Somebody said to me one time, uh, uh, this was a few months ago or a couple years ago maybe now. They said, hey pastor, I ran into them at, at somewhere here in town, probably Wahoos. They said, hey pastor, how you doing? I said, I'm good, how are you? They said, oh, I'm good. Hey, I was driving by your church yesterday. Man, it looked like you got a brand new car lot out there. I said, it does? Oh, yeah, I saw all them new cars out there, and, and you look like, man, what you guys doing over there? How you got all them new cars? I said, it's because some people decided to tear the roof off their finances. Some people decided to tear the roof off of their faith, and they said, hey, we're going to give crazy to God, and God has blessed those people. My wife, my wife rolled up. I think we were at Wahoos. My wife rolled up in her new, this was about a year ago, because she had just got her Explorer. She rolled up in her car, and, and they said, oh, is that a new car you guys got? Now, I know that church ain't paying you that much to get out there and buy that car. And I know that bus garage don't pay that much for you to buy that car. How do you afford that car? I said, it's none of your business. No, I didn't really say that. I said, I decided to tear the roof off my finances. I said, there was a long time ago that I decided for my family, I said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that wasn't just we will come to church or we will serve Him in, in gladness and we will serve Him in joy. It said we're going to serve Him in our faithfulness to giving, our faithfulness to the house of the Lord, our faithfulness to each other, our faithfulness to our children, our faithfulness to our family, our faithfulness to our church family, our faithfulness to this community, our faithfulness to our job. Our faith Listen, faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. And if you've got the God in your life that I serve then you need to have faithfulness in your life I said I'm faithful in everything that I do and God has been faithful to me it took a long time but God has provided my wife with a beautiful vehicle I've got a nice truck and I thank God every day for it how is that it's because I serve a God that's faithful and I decided years ago to tear the roof off and say God Pour in the blessings into my life. I'm tearing the roof off. Pour in miracles into my life. I'm tearing the roof off. Pour your anointing in my life. It's time that we tear the roof off of our families. Tear the roof off of your home. Tear the roof off of your job. And let him move in your life. Hallelujah. I hope you understand what I'm telling you today. You've got to have faith, ladies and gentlemen. Some of you are sitting there looking at me like I'm crazy right now. Sit there and look at me like I'm crazy, but I know what I'm talking about. I serve a God of blessing. I serve a God of miracle. I serve the God of Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac. And if he was faithful to them 2,000 years ago, he'll be faithful to me right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tear the roof off of your situation in your life. If you want greater things in your life, you've got to start being faithful. Hallelujah. Pastor, are you mad? I'm, I'm passionate today. 
You've got to be faithful. Tear the roof off. You've got to be faithful in your giving of your tithe and your offering. God calls us to give a tithe. Pastor, that's Old Testament. Barely. That's the book of Malachi. That's like the hallway to the New Testament. That's opening the door to the New Testament. We don't live under Old Testament, Pastor. Excuse me. I live under Genesis to Revelation. You live how you want to live, but this is as for me and my house. We're living Genesis to Revelation. And if I got questions, God, I need you to answer this for me. I, I don't understand I don't understand this in Exodus. I don't understand this in Deuteronomy. I don't understand this over here. I need you to give me revelation about this. Sometimes he will give you a revelation about what it is. He may speak to you audibly. Boy, that would be so cool. Some of you have heard the audible voice of God. Tell him I said hello when you talk to him again. But I feel feel God impress on my heart many things. And if he doesn't impress it upon my heart, he leads me to somebody who can help me. He leads me to my pastor. He leads me to my mentor. He leads me to my friend that that is also strong in the gospel. He leads me to my wife who's really strong in the gospel and who's a great preacher. And what you hear is mostly coming from her. She preaches to me, so I preach to you. So if you don't like what you're hearing today, take it to God. Listen, when you become faithful in your giving and you become faithful in your faithfulness to the house of the Lord, to your spouse, to your children, to your job, to your family, to your community, to everything that you're involved in, when you are faithful, God will begin to pour out blessings on your life. He will pour out blessings for you. Jobs will be opened up for you. Provisions will be opened up for you. They will be made. Miracles will begin to happen around us. Why? Because we have faith in God. God is faithful to us. Faithful people tear off the roof. Faith says, I will see this through. No matter how hard it may be. No matter how high the mountain or how low the valley, no matter how hot, how cold, how deep the water, how little the water, I will see this through because I've got faith that God is going to do something in my life. My wife and I were sitting with someone yesterday and and we were talking just for a short time and and this person was telling us some, some news that and, and, and I'll, just, I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll be careful how I say this, but this person hasn't really been faithful to us in, in many ways. And, and, and this was years ago, years ago. And it's under the blood. I'm not bitter towards this person. I have no anger towards this person. I have no hatred towards this person. I took it to God. And one thing I have learned in my life is God reigns on the just and the unjust. If you have a problem with somebody, rather than taking it to Facebook, take it to God. 
Rather than taking it to the person you're sitting next to just so that you can vent about somebody and ruin their character, take it to God. And if you don't feel like you can take it to God, take it to an elder of the church. Take it to your pastor. Take it to your pastor's wife and say, I'm really struggling with this. I need help dealing with this situation. But we took this need to God and we said, God, you understand what's happening in this relationship. And we need you to do something. And through the course of time, God began to mend and begin to heal. And, 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 and things just kind of started coming back together. But we were sitting with this person yesterday and he told us about things that's going on in his life right now. That are not good. People that are coming against him. People that are trying to attack him and his character. And I told my wife, I said, do you remember all those years ago that we took it to God and we said, God, we're giving it to you. Vengeance is yours. You said it. He said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Not ours. Vengeance is not Austin's. Vengeance is God's. You see, what you want to happen in your life may not happen when you want it. I didn't want this to happen to this man. I just said, God, let your will be done. Handle the situation. And things are now happening. And all I can do is pray for him again. And say, God, have mercy on this man. You see, you may be upset with someone that's your job. Or you may be upset with someone in your family. If you will stop letting your emotions hit the ceiling. And letting it just surround. You see, if, 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 when a fire happens and smoke begins to build. Smoke doesn't seep through the ceiling and come out. Smoke fills the room. And many times, it's not the fire that kills you. It's the smoke that kills you. When you are inside of your little bubble and you let all of these toxic emotions begin to swirl around in the living room of your soul and they begin to swirl around in this little room and all that smoke begins to start building and building and building. If that doesn't kill you, the flames are coming very quickly behind it. It's time that you tear the roof off and let those things out and let God handle it for you. Because God is faithful. I had no intention of going there today, but I feel in the Holy Ghost that somebody needs to hear that. Don't push it aside. Receive that today. Receive that today. I'm sure that these guys, when they were tearing the roof off, there was cuts, there were splinters. I'm sure it hurt. I'm sure there was a fear that when they were tearing the roof off, they were going to fall in. And I'm sure that that roof did not come off quickly, but surely, little by little, they tore this roof off. And in the spiritual sense, tearing the roof off of your faith, it takes time. My wife and I have been married for 15 years. And we have been faithful in our giving. God has always provided us with a, a good vehicle, but they've always been somebody else's hand-me-downs. We've been married 15 years. We've had her vehicle for about a year. 14 years it took for God to provide us with a new vehicle. It took time. But in God's time, it's going to be okay. Everything is going to be fine. In your daily walk with God, it won't happen maybe overnight. It takes time. It's walking with God every day. You don't get fit overnight. It takes time. Your personal prayer life, it's enduring through trials and hardships. 
The Bible describes the Holy Ghost as rain. And when you tear the roof off, listen, if you have not felt the Holy Ghost in your life, it's because you have a roof that needs to be removed. Because it's time to let the rain of the Holy Ghost begin to flood your spirit. You've put up barriers of iniquity between you and God. And so when the presence of God is moving in this place and pastor is literally tearing the roof off tomorrow, our workers are coming tonight to start tomorrow. The material's done been purchased. The workers are coming tonight. They're starting tomorrow. They're coming to literally tear the roof off and put down some new things. We're not going to talk about that yet. That's new foundations. We'll talk about that later. But what I'm talking about is you need to start tearing the roof off. When pastor is preaching with you, let the roof just go and let whatever is being said. Listen, I'll tell you this. I have never once, and my wife will tell you this, I've never once got to this pulpit and preached my personal opinion to you. Everything I bring to you has been given to me by the word of the Lord. Everything I bring to you is under the Holy Spirit. Why is that? Because it's too dangerous for me to get up here on my own volition, my own accord. When the presence of God is moving and you sit unaffected, it's because there is a roof over your life. Many times it's a roof of sin in your life. And it's time to tear the roof off. It's time to get right with God. Faith says, I have no doubt. And as the men were taking the roof off, I'm sure they were thinking, this is going to be expensive, this is going to hurt, this is going to be, I don't know. I'm sure that doubt tried to work its way into their minds, but they just kept tearing away. They kept tearing away saying, all right, I'm trusting you. I'm sure that out of the four of them, there was a ringleader that said, hey, we can do this. Come on, we got to do it. Listen, your mind is going to say, well, what if it doesn't work for me? What if I step out in witnessing and nobody will listen to me? What if I try to share a testimony with somebody and they just tear it down? What if I become faithful in tithing and I end up worse than before? What, what if I reach for Jesus this morning and I don't receive it? Listen, the enemy will do everything they can to try to plant doubt and fear into your mind. When you don't believe, you won't pull the roof off. Doubt leads to inaction, but faith spurs us into motion. It's time to take the roof off of doubt today. I told you at the beginning of this sermon to raise your expectations of faith in your life today. It's time to raise expectations. Well, well not, and it can't be, well, what if, what, what if I step out in witnessing? It says, listen, I'm going to step out and I'm going to teach a Bible study. I am going to step out and witness. Not, what if I become faithful in my tithing in this? No, it's, I will be faithful and God will bless me. Well, what if I come to the altar and I don't feel anything? If I don't get anything? Listen, it can't be that. It has to be, I'm, I'm coming to this altar and God will heal me. God will give me what I need. Not what if I pray for my lost family and they don't come. God will save your family. You need to start prophesying over your life. I will be healed. I will be saved. I will be blessed. My family will be saved. You can't say and sit there and say, well, I've fallen too far from the grace of Jesus. The Bible says that His grace is sufficient for me. Not what if I reach out and He's not there? It's got to be I will receive His Spirit. I want to tell you a quick story as I begin to close today about something that happened this past Friday. 
This past week, one of my wife and I's dear friend and mentor passed away. We called her the Queen Mother, Sister Shirley Henson. Her and her husband pastored South Flint Tabernacle for many years. And yesterday we had the honor to attend her celebration of life in South Flint. With roughly around 800 other ministers, missionaries, church family and community members. The Queen Mother, as we loved her and we called her, was loved by so many people here and around the world. On Friday evening, during her viewing, a young woman came from the community whom she had been mentoring. She wasn't a part of their church, but she knew Sister Henson and she knew uh, about their church. And and so the, the Queen Mother was mentoring her, giving her Bible studies. And so this young lady came to pay her respects and she brought with her her new husband, Jeff, who had never attended a church service. And while they were there at the casket paying their respects, Sister Henson's son-in-law, Jonathan, was talking with this man, Jeff, and he said, he told me, or he he told the congregation, he said, I could could sense that this man was, was feeling something that he had never felt before when he came into this building. And he said, so I began to speak with him about my relationship with the Lord. And he said, as as we began to to talk more and more, he began to to become more sensitive to the Spirit. And he said, I asked him, have you ever been to church in your life? He said, I've I've never been to church. This is one of my first times coming into us. Other than a funeral or a wedding, he said, this is is about it. He said, and I've never been to this church. He said, well, we have a prayer room right here off off of the platform here just around behind the altar. Would would you like to go in here with me and just say a prayer? And Jeff said, I'd like to do that. So Jonathan and Jeff slipped behind the prayer room, or into the prayer room behind the platform for a few moments. And as people were out viewing Mother Henson and they were were looking and talking with each other, all of a sudden from the prayer room, they could begin to hear crying and weeping. And all of a sudden there came a sound that was unlike any other sound that we know that we normally speak on a daily basis. It was the sound of Jeff speaking in tongues. We have a picture of Jeff and Jonathan, I think. Jeff came to a funeral viewing and received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. He came in and he began to talk to Jonathan. He said, Jonathan, he said, I didn't know know Mother Henson very well, but my wife had a great relationship with her and and I'm just, I'm really curious about this. And I've got things in my life. And, and Jonathan sensed it in the spirit. And it could have been a very easy thing for him to say, you know, it's just, it's good, but I'm going to walk away. But Jeff knew what he needed. He said, I need the spirit of God in my life. And in a moment just like that, he began to speak in tongues through prayer. And he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Jonathan said, I've decided to tear the roof off in my ministry. Let me tell you another story about Brother Hudson. He's a traveling evangelist. There has been countless times that through FaceTime, Brother Hudson has prayed people through to the Holy Ghost. Through FaceTime on their phone. Brother Hudson is is family of mine and and his daughter is one of my cousins and and they're they're a little bit distant but his daughter and I grew up somewhat together and she was telling me that one time of a story that that they were sitting around their house and she had invited some friends over and they were having a sleepover and it was about 12.30 in the middle of the night and and my my cousin Jalissa was, was just talking to them about church and different things and and they said she said man serving God is so awesome 
She said, I, I've served God all my life and I don't know any other thing. It's so great. And, and they're like, well, well, what do we need to do and to serve God? And she said, well, let me take you to Acts 2.38. And she took him to Acts 2.38 where Peter said unto them, repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus. She goes, this is the plan of salvation. And she goes, actually, if you'd like, I can go get my dad and he can teach you a Bible study. They said, well, we'll, we'll get it tomorrow. And, and she said, no, it's no big deal. He, he don't mind. She went at 12.30 in the morning and woke her dad up out of a dead sleep. He came out in his pajamas and he taught a Bible study right there at 12.30 in the morning in his living room to a group of students from Jalissa's school. And every one of them began to speak in tongues and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They drove over to their church in the middle of the night and he baptized every one of them. Listen, there's something that happens when you tear the roof off in your faith and you say, I'm excited for what God's going to do. I'm welcoming what God is going to do. Jesus saw his faith and he said, you will be made whole. Not only did he make him whole, but he forgave him of his sins. And the man took up his mat and he walked. Sin was forgiven that day. Miracles happened that day. Come on, saint of God. It's time to tear the roof off of your life. It's time to tear the roof off this morning. It may be like the four men in Capernaum. You may stand in the gap for somebody else and tear off their roof for them. It's time that we start tearing off roofs. If you're ready to tear a roof off of faith this morning, I want you to stand with me today. I'm ready to tear the roof off of finances. I'm ready to tear the roof off of sickness. I'm ready to tear the roof off of doubt and situations. I'm ready to tear the roof off today. I don't know what you need in your life, but this altar is open for you today. If you need to tear the roof off, I invite you to come today and tear the roof off of the situations in your life. Tear the roof off of the Holy Ghost that you need in your life right now. Hallelujah. Come on, let the Spirit of God move in your life today. Hallelujah, hallelujah.